every time I see her, I'm like, oh, it's the smart house, which is a very millennial thing of me to think. You're listening to Glee on the Rocks. Uh, hello. Welcome back to Glee on the Rocks, a fandom on the rocks podcast. I am Emily. And I'm B. And this is uh, season four, episode 21. Wonderful. Wonder dash full. Wonder. Wonderful. <laughs> was that Ness? I mean, I know why no. they did it, but it was also like, which, you know, the episode title is going to have to be Glee full <laughs> like multiple dashes dashes <laughs> you know this is like the one tribute episode that i feel like didn't really talk about the person themselves like it was just like we're doing stevie wonder music and they just did the music oh like yeah they was- did not give a shit about stevie at all yeah like usually there's like references to music videos and like iconic moments and like iconic parts of their life and it was just kind of like a bunch of puns on his song titles Mm -hmm. and then the songs and then like that was it no costumes no video yeah no nothing it was simply because his name is wonder the whole thing Mm -hmm. and i mean i guess a tribute i was like are we gonna like fetishize a blind man in this episode and they didn't (laughs) (laughs) like which i guess is good but like there's so many characters who play piano um, like I feel like there could have been a little more piano heavy or something. I don't know. I didn't get Did it. Did anyone touch a piano? Aside from like aside from like Brad? Yeah. I don't think so, right? Yeah. I don't think so. Why didn't Blaine have a song where he played piano and like That would have been too easy. I know. Like I just feel like they kind of squandered it didn't really feel like a tribute. It just was like we're doing all Stevie Wonder songs. We're doing Stevie songs. Yeah. Um, before we get too far, how do you feel about the conspiracy theory that Stevie Wonder is not actually blind? Oh my God. Wait, I've never heard this conspiracy. You've never before. heard this? No. Tell me more. What's yeah. the evidence? Um <laughs> I don't even know that there is not actually so who started this? There's been a couple stories from people who, okay, who was it? It was another celebrity talking about it. And now I'm going to forget who it was. Um, but it was like, they entered a elevator with CV wonder and like CV knew who he was when he got on the elevator with him. Oh. He was just like, Hey, Stevie. Um, or Hey, whoever I want to say it was like the rock or like Stevie um, was just like, Hey, the rock. Yeah, yeah. Okay, like, he knew who he was. Um, yeah, I don't remember where I heard this the first time, um, but it kind of like keeps popping back up as a uh, a longstanding theory. And there was also something about like him reaching out for the microphone stand, oh. and then kind of being like, "Nah, yeah." Okay, so interesting. Well, it says he's been blind. Oh, it was Shaq. I Sorry, it was yeah. Shaq. Who was the one who told the story about uh, him? Like, told the story he was in the elevator, and, and like wondering on a on a interview thing if if Stevie Wonder is actually blind. Okay, so to be to be devil's advocate, <laughs> Shaq is a very large person, and I feel like you could probably sense that it was a very large person. Oh, for sure, like abnormally large, and there would only be so many people in that context who would be that large, and yeah. maybe he has like a cologne or something. 
did Stevie recognize, you know? So I could see that. And some people who are blind can still see like mm-hmm. shapes. They're not like, it's not like dark, like blackness. It's like shapes and um, like shadows. So and he I wasn't born blind either. Right. It says he was blind shortly after birth. So yeah. Yeah. It, therefore, it's just, like he probably visualized things. It's interesting. It's not as funny as uh, Leah Mia Michelle can't, can't read. read. <laughs> but, I already knew. <laughs> I just, I love that Stevie Wonder is such a beloved figure in music. And every once in a while you're living life and someone goes, hey, do you think he's lying about not being able to see for the gimmick? <laughs> like why why but yeah just shaquille o'neal out there being telling stories that he got on an elevator and stevie wonder knew he was there that's Uh, so interesting but yeah yeah i've never heard that now i'm gonna hear it everywhere now Now you'll never not know the story i'm glad i could (laughs) pass along this completely unfounded conspiracy theory rumor about uh stevie wonder so you as someone who actually did know about it, what do you think? Do you think he's really blind? I, yes. <laughs> okay. Like, I think that would be a a long con for no reason. No, definitely. <laughs> like what a, what a con to play on people to be like, you know what? I am an extraordinarily talented singer, songwriter, musician, vocalist, etc. cetera. Um, but you know what's really going to do it for me in music? Being blind. <laughs> right it's like that's really gonna help my career along is gonna commit to this like 50 year bit yeah or more that feels um that feels excessive for for the industry but uh i'm I'm gonna put that in the the no category of conspiracy theories but um yeah that's it i just just think it's i just think it's funny (laughs) Unless Stevie Wonder has done something terrible that we don't know about yet, then uh, we're going to get milkshake ducked on (laughs) Stevie Wonder. Well, they didn't, you know, like once again, they didn't in the episode really bring up anything about who he is or what he does, just his music. So that's always what he's seemed like to me is just like a music guy. I don't really know anything about his personal life or... And we're not going to Google it. And we don't want to know. Exactly. <laughs> not today. Not today, pals. Um, well, this this episode... Oh, well, I guess what we have to say is the, the theme of the episode, the rundown of the episode, is that the Glee Club performs Stevie Wonder's greatest hits, meanwhile already receives news that could affect his future. And also Rachel. Um, we're not going to mention Bert in this... <laughs> Well, summary that, that was, was not kind the summary of that deal. I pulled from the the no, internet. I don't. No, the internet always buries the lead. Like it does. I mean, yeah. I what the, the Glee Club storyline was like kind of short lived. It was short lived, which makes it annoying. Yeah, because like, why like, do it in the first place? Like the characters' emotional stakes were high, but the plot stakes were so inconsequential. Yeah, because Bert had already had health scares. Why are we doing it a second time? Literally. And they even called that back in the episode. Kurt was yeah. like, the last time I, I stood here singing about you, you were in the hospital, like mm-hmm. back in season two. So it's like, why are we doing it? <sighs> Torture a different character, you know? Right. Kurt has had enough. There are brand new characters on the show who could have traumatic parent trauma. That I know. Didn't work. 
they like don't <laughs> want to introduce any more parent characters. They're like, we're maxed out. Nobody we're, else gets a parent. Yeah. This is it. This Until is it. like season six. Then they're like, okay, a few more parents. But like they really don't want to give anybody else a parent. Mm-hmm. They want to pay new actors. They give Artie a parent this episode though, I guess. So and have have we seen her before in other seasons? Have I feel we? like we have. We probably have. Every time she every time I see her, I'm like, oh, it's the smart house. <laughs> Which is a very millennial thing of me to think but um yeah so maybe she's come up before i feel like she did and i just can't remember because maybe so she's definitely been like mentioned a lot even if she wasn't on screen like already i feel like was always talking about his mom for some reason he does actually talk about his mom yeah well do we want to start with rachel and get her out of the way because the episode starts with rachel yeah let's do that so the previous episodes were uh, alluding to she has her callback for Funny Girl. Um, and she is on the phone with Mr. Shu because that is the person that she wants to tell this news to. Uh, because this is all happening because of Shu. Which no one believes. Like, there's absolutely, absolutely no. I mean, I guess she wouldn't have had the opportunity to I'm I'm just realizing this now. She wouldn't have had the opportunity to re-audition in front of Carmen Thibodeau had she not been in the Glee Club. That's the only thing I think she can attribute to Will. Yes, I think that's right. Cause when I'm watching the episode, I was like, what the fuck? Rachel Berry literally was like getting up at 5 a.m. and like doing vocal mm-hmm. whatever's way before glee club existed like she was like i'm gonna be a star i idolize barbara streisand like that was all pre-glee club so i feel like maybe she worked harder before the glee club i honestly do (laughs) because then she was just like so much better than everybody else yeah yeah i think maybe she was training harder faster smarter before she got sucked into practices that got her nowhere literally because as we'll see the glee club is not focused super hard on regionals if they're doing stevie wonder's greatest hits just for funsies just for funsies oh they're getting coaching though um (laughs) two days i'm I'm getting off (laughs) off topic yeah Um, but yeah um so yeah apparently rachel gets this huge callback and she wants to call mr shu i felt like Mm -hmm. that was glee just trying to keep mr shu like relevant yes yeah like they're starting to write him out of the show are they not like that's what it feels like Yes, I think so. Because he's not the one coaching them for regionals. It's legacy characters. Right. And he's like, oh, me and Emma are going to get married and blah, blah, blah. So off, off screen. I proposed yeah. off screen and she accepted all off screen now. So it's just yeah. like we're wrapping up Schuster storylines. Yeah. Which part of some of this is like, so does this the, the show end season four? Are we what are we doing here? Glee could not decide when it wanted to end because you're totally no. right. It was like the it all these characters are finding out what schools they're getting into and stuff. And it's like, it's feeling like a wrap up and also it's feeling not like a wrap up. And Mm -hmm. it's like, that's the whole mood for all of season four and five. It's like, we're wrapping up, but we're not. Yeah. Like, are we going to do some more? Maybe. (laughs) Well, we're leaving the door open, but like, it's also kind of finished. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I wish they, if they had only taken like Mike's Mike Skur from um, the good place, like mentality of like, we want to write a good ending and Mm -hmm. like, it would have been a different story. Yes. But anyways. It really would have. <laughs> My typical glee gripe. <laughs> the typical glee gripe is this could have been good. I know. Wasted potential. But that's yeah. okay. 
really should have been the title of the podcast is wasted potential <laughs> it's this it's a is our second subtitle for sure yeah. it's like our unwritten motto you know wasted potential we got to put that on like nalgene bottles or something yeah like wasted you know, potential stanley's, right? people like stanley's now they should have been on yeah 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 which is nalgene's. maybe not the branding that <laughs> nalgene's that's because i'm old <laughs> <laughs> I don't it, know that uh, Stanley's want wasted potential branded across their. I know expensive the stuff. stickers aren't as cool any aren't as like in fashion anymore, but I um, I can see it. It's got like the the glee like L for the, the uh-huh. wasted potential. Yeah, <laughs> it's a the sparkle. Yep. Yeah. Someone designed that. We'll we'll print them. <laughs> uh, so at at Niata, the uh, the two awkward gays. Who had oh, previously mean gays? The mean gays, the Nayata mean gays, who had bullied Kurt, confront Rachel about callbacks. She is apparently up against Sutton Foster and Mamie Gummer. Which, what? Yeah, what? <laughs> the like fucking... Sutton Foster is going to get a prosthetic. <laughs> like what? <laughs> yeah. Um. Mm, okay. No, and. Rachel Berry is going to be up against these two? What? All right. Um, so, I, which I couldn't tell if they were like, were they making it? I mean, it's Glee, so it doesn't matter either way, but it's like, were they making it up just to intimidate her? Like, oh, you're going up against like a Grammy, I mean, a Tony winner and like the daughter of Meryl Streep, or would they like, or was Glee trying to be like, these are actually who Rachel Berry is up against? I don't understand. I don't know. I think all they were trying to do is confirm that she had callbacks to tell Cassie July. To immediately narc to Cassie. Yeah. Immediately. And I can't believe that Cassie wouldn't already know this. Couldn't she just call up the casting directors and be like, who's on the list? Right. And I mean, Cassie ends up telling Rachel like, oh, I saw Barbara in the supermarket. Like, I guess she would know. I don't know that that's true, though. <laughs> no, I mean, that story was made up, but it's like yeah. she's saying, like, Barbara's my old friend. Was she? D- this whole episode was me being like, was that real or are you just making that up? I think, yeah. Like, the Barbara story was. Joke? The Barbara story was definitely Cassie just fucking with Rachel. Right, right, right. Because she was like, I'm going to come to your audition. Like, she's fucking with her. Right. Yeah. But, but like, would you actually know Barbara Streisand? Maybe she might. Because I think Cassandra's whole thing is that she almost got famous, but then didn't. Right. Like she Which, was like, <laughs> almost famous. Um, she like got hurt at like the height of her career type thing, right? Yeah. And then her attitude got her her kicked out. Right. Um, so Rachel is like trying to rehearse for these callbacks and Cassandra comes and busts into the room and says she's going to basically show up at the callbacks to watch her fail. And also moves her dance midterm to the next morning at 6 a.m. to make it even worse for her. And tells her she's going to have to dance the hardest ballet there is to dance. And I'm like, isn't this Dance 101? This is Dance 101. And she's got her doing like Balanchine's ballet. Like, I don't even know that they do ballet here. That That is like professional ballet yeah. with like a lifetime of training. Like, once again, that's where I was like, is she being serious or is it a joke? And, like, obviously she was exaggerating because then she doesn't make Rachel do that. Mm-hmm. But, like, is everybody just fucking with each other at Niata? It's just, like, I mind so. games all the time? <laughs> it's mind games. And she's also telling her she's got, like, a fat, puffy face. Yeah. But 
turns around and in the morning brings the whole class to work her through a midterm so that she can go kick ass at callbacks because Broadway is family. And you're like, okay, but why tear her down so she worries the whole night? It literally makes no sense to me because not only was it like, we're all going to dance the midterm together. They had like signs and stuff and they were like cheering and hugging her. And it was like a party to like cheer her on. And later Cassie's like, well, we do that for everybody because you know, Niata's family, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but didn't the mean gays just say like, Oh, you have to get a teacher to sign off. And Cassie Mm -hmm. would never do that. Like, so, and they said that even not just to Rachel's face, like they came to Cassie to be like, we want you to know Rachel has our callback, like being nasty. Yeah. So were they not being nasty and the show just led us to believe they were? I don't understand. Like it was such a whiplash. Yeah. I remember watching it for the first time, the whiplash of her walking in and it's like this party to like mm-hmm. congratulate her on her callback. I was like, why has Cassie July been a cartoon villain, which I enjoyed by the way, for this whole season? Now just to like throw her this party and be like, the thing I fucking hate about Rachel Berry. I mean, I'm, I was hard on you because I saw your potential mm-hmm. and I know that you're good and you might make it. Like, oh my God, the one person in this fucking show who actually didn't give Rachel Berry the whole yeah. your special bullshit has now come all the way around to be like, I was only mean to you because you're special. Yes. I think the show refused to commit to having someone not like Rachel Berry. Literally, the only way they were going to end that storyline is like, oh, I secretly liked you the whole yep. time, which is why I was hard mm-hmm. on you. No, yeah, you were they, literally a cartoon villain saying yeah. the stupidest shit you could think of that would just make her insecure. Yeah. The show could not handle having someone not kiss her ass. <sighs> and I was so mad about it because like, it was nice to have someone be like, look, I'm a professional Broadway teacher and performer and you are a fucking freshman and you don't deserve to have yes. a Broadway callback or audition. What the fuck are you doing? You don't go up against Sutton Foster. What are yeah. you doing? And even before the for the audition, she was like, you have a big head. You think you're all special and you yeah. can't dance and you have to be able to dance to like succeed in this thing. So like, I'm going to cut you down. Yeah. I'm going to like, uh, make you better but like you know i'm gonna tell you like this is a weakness of yours and we're going to work on it like not just be like oh you're special and wonderful it doesn't matter if you can't really dance you know like Mm -hmm. and then then rachel's not even dancing during her midterm literally she's just walking around she does like a little a little ballroom dance moment with cassie and like that's it i'm like that is not balanchine's like variation from whatever whatever i'm sorry and like you mentioned we've seen rachel do ballet as a kid and Mm -hmm. in the first episode of glee like maybe if you had just kept that up we'd be like well at least she's a ballet dancer yeah Mm -hmm. let's not do it like twice total eclipse of the heart was in a ballet studio it was so that was always the thing is that she did do dance lessons as part of her whole I'm training to become mm-hmm. you know the next Barbara Streisand I know I need dance lessons so I always thought it was weird that it was the dance class that she was like but I mean they couldn't do it as the vocal class I, I think it, it should have been, been acting. acting I think yeah. it should have been acting because Rachel has always been a bad actress like whenever yes. they like have her act she always is like way not good at all i think that would have been joey funnier the run joey run yes exactly Come on. yeah it could have been the acting but was the show gonna say leah michelle's not a good actress apparently not can't say no, that. the show couldn't fucking say it and you're like it's it's nonsense the only saving grace is that i really like 
the song. I know. I, the song was really good. I, I've enjoyed I having know, Kate Hudson perform. Me too. She I know a great. lot of people fucking hate this track. And I remember people hating this track when it came out and being like, Kate Hudson can't sing. And this is a terrible cover. Like, but you're wrong. The uptight, everything is all right. They said it's bad. Yeah. I loved it. I had a great time. I think time. it's delightful. The horns, it's catchy, it's fun. It's a delight. And I listen to this regularly. It's yeah. so fun. I think it's one of it's one of the it's definitely one of the best in this episode. And I mean, Cassie has had only a few performances and she always knocks it out of the park. Okay, Kate Hudson. Mm-hmm. She's and her like, abs. And her phenomenal. abs. <laughs> she is a worthy successor to, you know, the Holly Holidays and the April mm-hmm. Rhodes of them all. I she love is. her. They are all blonde, which they is concerning. Blonde white ladies. Yeah, that is a problem. <laughs> I mean, Glee is a problem, but that is a problem. I know. They're just like, they're basically the same guest star with just like, you know, in different fonts. <laughs> they really are. They're all a different vice. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, you know, we still enjoy it. Do we? <laughs> oh, the guest stars. I mean. Oh, I thought you meant the show. Oh, no, I mean the guest <laughs> Do stars. We? <laughs> Do we enjoy the show? Mm, it's kind of like Stockholm Syndrome, you know? Yes. I think that's accurate. Like, and we just, it just really had us by a chokehold because the, the Kurt and Blaine little side things all through mm-hmm. this episode, just like they'll cut the camera from one to the other or they'll have a look. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, y'all were really just stringing us along, just breadcrumbs every like, week. Near the end, Bert shakes Blaine's hand and no one else's. And you're like, oh, fuck this show literally just like keeping us making gift sets just to mm-hmm. look at that shared glance over and over because mm-hmm. it's all we got it's all we got but anyways um well i guess we can go to just like the glee club in general glee club. um and it's because rachel got wonderful news the the week's theme is wonderful and never mind that in the previous episode they were told that the theme for regionals was dreams and right. that they, they were going to start practicing finally their songs for regionals, which I believe is next week. Literally next week. Mm-hmm. But now they're going to do a whole bunch of Stevie Wonder songs instead. And they will have wonderful vocal, vocal coach, Mercedes Jones. Yes. And All a superstar dancing coach. Mike Chang. Mike Chang. I love that they brought them back. There are some yeah. of my favorites. Yes. I they're delightful. Uh oh, the other wonderful news though, real quick, is that Britt oh. is at MIT uh touring the campus because she got early acceptance. And I did love Katie Just threw that shit in. Katie's little or Kitty's little line of That can't be true. <laughs> <laughs> this is all because the actress was uh super pregnant and had a baby. Oh, Heather Morris was Heather super Morris. pregnant and had a baby. Yeah, so gotcha. that's why Brit is uh, touring MIT at the time. That makes sense. And I guess other wonderful news for the ca- the characters is that Tina has been waitlisted at a veterinary school in Columbus. You can't go to vet school straight out of high school. <laughs> well, and you know this is Ryan a passion that she's never talked about before. Yeah, I'm sorry. Vet school is harder to get into than medical school. Yeah. You can't just like on a whim apply. I'm, I'm so glad a 19 year old will be at vet school having never done chem 101. 
literally once again <laughs> ryan murphy has no idea or any of them no. what it's like to go to high school or college not no. <laughs> no attempt to do organic chemistry biology none of it literally, she's just gonna anatomy, walk physiology nothing mm. you could have yeah. googled this r.i.p you could have googled this any of it you know, if, if she doesn't pursue acting, if is her fallback in the next six weeks. And why are all these? I mean, that's not how a glee club at a high school works. Period. Like your glee club at your average rural high school, nobody is going into the entertainment industry. Period. Maybe one person is going to pursue it. They're going to go to like, you know, a musical theater program in college. And that's it. They have big dreams, B. It's they so stupid. They cannot be contained. <laughs> they, they are special, unique butterflies who are amazing. Because if you, you want to like, I mean, obviously we're suspending our disbelief. But if it was supposed to be realistic that this one glee club has all these people who want to pursue acting and, you know, music and um, uh, musical theater – then they'd have to have a common denominator and that would be Will fucking Schuster. And what does Will fucking Schuster know about the entertainment industry and stuff? You know, like mm-hmm. he's just a Spanish teacher. That's right. He's not even a music teacher. He's a Spanish teacher. Who just had fun in Glee Club when he was in high school and was like, mm-hmm. wouldn't that be fun to bring that back so that the kids can have fun? Has anyone ever proved that he could read music? No. I don't think he ever could because they... Uh, the. <laughs> I just have so many issues. Just throwing that out there. I mean, I don't, I don't want to no take way. us down the rabbit hole of can Will Schuster read music, but it's a question I thought I'd pose. The only time they ever seem to talk about sheet music is like Kurt. <laughs> like, yeah. It's the only yeah. person I've ever seen talk about sheet music. Mm-hmm. Just a casual aside. Oh, you know what? Now, not about sheet music, but I was just thinking ahead to, you know, now that our next performance is Kitty singing Sign Sealed Delivered. Yes. Blaine is on the piano here. Oh, okay. I totally missed that. I literally watched that whole performance. Yeah. He's he's on it for, I think, all of it. Okay. So um, Brad was also touring MIT? I, I guess. Or, or Blaine <laughs> kicked him off the piano bench and was like, it's me time. Okay. So someone did play the piano. Okay. Well, why didn't they... F- feature him at all i swear i looked down maybe twice to make notes and i totally missed that blaine's playing the piano like was, they could have showed just, him way more he was just in the background jamming away crazy well because they had to focus on kitty doing splits <laughs> so many splits and acrobatics i was like okay i, mean, I really do love that hired. performance though yeah she was hired for her, her athletics she was um yeah gotta remind people she's a cheerleader i thought she did a great job I thought her vocals were really good, actually. This is, like, the best we've heard Kitty sing. Yeah. It was a fun performance. Like, 
I, I don't dislike the music in this episode. I think it's fun. Yeah. Um, it's pointless. <laughs> it gives us nothing it and it provides a lot of joy. So like, great. <laughs> My only um, qualm was that it was kind of weird that like Ryder and Jake were both dancing with her the whole time. I was like, yeah. Didn't y'all have like a thing? Yes. The three of you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. She club's so incestuous. It really is. Uh, Kitty outs Artie's acceptance letter to the Brooklyn Film Academy, even though he asked her not to, because she is still a bitch. But she's being a bitch to help someone. Sure. Which is different, <laughs> apparently. It's different. <laughs> um, yeah. She also backtalks Mercedes uh, for her L.A. dreams not coming true. But Mercedes has an album coming out and is in uh lima to film a music video that's right keep her name out of your fucking mouth (laughs) keep her name uh which i do appreciate because i'm not here for new characters shit talking legacy characters yeah i'm glad that they put her in her place yeah because kitty really does say too much well the next i guess the next scene would be like superstitious where um Mercedes makes Marley like hit some runs and then she's like now we're all gonna sing and we're gonna be brave I really thought it was interesting that Mercedes was like you know what's holding you back is fear that's why you lost at sectionals and it's like was it or was it because Marley passed out on stage yeah and they didn't finish yeah I I think um all of a sudden throwing fear in made no sense like maybe it maybe for Mercedes she has felt fear in the past but Yeah, Marley uh, passed out on stage because she had an eating disorder. Yeah, she like literally had not consumed any food. Um, Mm -hmm. And I mean, maybe she was also anxious. I could see that. I'm sure all of them had some level of anxiety, but it's like. uh, And also like the whole thing here is everyone's gotten wonderful news. Right. We're being held back by fear. Like these were two opposing themes to crunch together. Well, it's like they can't for- – we can't forget that, like, sectionals is next week. So they're like, oh, this is – yeah, this is also what's preparing for sectionals, even though we're literally just singing Stevie Wonder for funsies. Yeah. And you could be like, okay, now we're here to prepare for sectionals. How should we do this? Oh, Marley, uh, I think you need to work on your runs and not be like, we're all here being held back by fear. Like, just – Yeah, no, exactly. Just work the room. Like, just just put in the work. It doesn't all have to come with um, a TED Talk. Well, it made me wonder, like, who the people in the writing room, like, what kind of coaching they'd ever had because Mercedes was like a lot of like platitudes throughout oh. the episode. Like, she was like, "You're held back by fear," and then at the mm-hmm. end, she's like, "What?" A, you know, they all yell back passion or whatever. So she had like a bunch of like catchphrases to like coach them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, I don't think that's how a vocal coach works. I think you like just in practice her- specific, you know, pieces and stuff over and over. In her defense. <laughs> She's never practiced specific pieces over and over. Mr. Shu has been her glee club coach. Yeah. She just does a park and mark. He's just like, this is all she knows how to do is get up there and say (laughs) dreams, hope, love, Valentine's day, sing. And then they do. She, she hasn't had to teach anyone anything. Yeah. But Kurt did a shimmy. So that was cute. We love that. We love that. 
No, I thought Superstitious was cute because, you know, I'm a sucker for a group number and it was like everybody got their little moment to sing. Everybody Mm -hmm. was dancing. I did think Marley – I think um, the actress, Melissa, sold the storyline of like her just needing to be brave and just like trying some things. So I do think that I I really liked that number. I thought it was cute. She's adorable. So cute. And I like their voices together, honestly, Mercedes and Marley. I was like, mm-hmm. interesting pair. I wouldn't have thought to put them together, but I like it. Yeah. So. She always has a bigger voice than I expect to come out of her. Yes. Right? Like, she really is kind of a powerhouse. I hate that they made her, like, so timid. Mm-hmm. Me too. Like, it, she had to be, like, the anti-Rachel somehow. Like, talented, but, like, modest. Whereas Rachel's, like, talented and, like... Whatever the opposite of that is, it's not coming. Egotistical, to mind. but yes, boast, boastful, Bo- boasty. So, what did you say? Boasty, <laughs> boasty, exactly. And I we do have, was... we do have Clayne. We do have Clayne because they have more than one thing happening in this episode, which is nice. Because so yeah, they um I guess take a break from. So there's absolutely no school happening um in this episode. So they <laughs> they take a break from practice part one. Um, to go get coffee at the lima bean and to discuss marriage equality news which is shoehorned in here i think to have a message about marriage equality but also so that later blaine can talk more about marriage equality and it was an excuse for blaine to be like marriage uh same-sex marriage is legal in new york it's historic and soon i'm gonna be in new york to see it to be like Mm -hmm. remember i'm moving to new york Remember, I'm stalking you across the country. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're also hearing like everybody else is like after graduation plans. Yeah. So they have to be like, also, Blaine's still going to New York. So also, Glee viewers, Blaine is going with, with Kurt. Don't get worried. I did like, um, you know, the Blaine and Kurt dynamic has been all over oh, the place this season. Yeah. So they're like, we're long distance. Then they broke up. Then, you know. They well, did what? They broke. <laughs> what? I don't. Blaine had an extremely out of character moment and then you know then they hooked up at the at the wedding that wasn't a wedding and then they oh we can't forget the Thanksgiving phone call that was before then I cry yes. Um, yes. you know they've just been through a lot and so I appreciated that in this episode they did a little bit of like exposition of like yes mm-hmm. we hooked up last time but we're not going to do that this time we're just friends whatever it was nice to see Blaine like supporting Kurt through you know, being there while Bert is getting his his test results back after his yeah. cancer treatment. Like, I did appreciate that they remembered that like Kurt and Blaine were friends first, mm-hmm. and like that they could they didn't have to be like either together or hating each other. Like there could be another option. So, I think as far as like their storyline, I did appreciate this kind of mid step, which of course mm-hmm. is like immediately kind of thrown out the window because then Blaine is like asking Bert if he can propose so I know uh, caveat of caveats but I did like that part the everything leading up to that I thought was really nice like seeing Kurt and Blaine just be friends and like support each other um without it being explicitly sexual or like explicitly romantic like I did think that was nice Mm -hmm. and I I like that uh Blaine was the one who noticed Kurt's like organizing of the sugar packets right Mm -hmm. although i think blaine would notice if like one of kurt's hairs was out of place exactly so him kind of i hate to use like ocd but that's what kurt called it so right um 
he, you know, used. He was very like was ritualistic. Doing. Yes, for luck in this episode. Yeah. Yes, with the light blue shirts and tapping his nose at fourteen and twenty eight past the hour, and um, I did like that Blaine is attuned enough to uh, yeah to notice. But then he uh, goes to to Kurt's father <laughs> near the end of the episode to be like here's a rainbow pin to wear at work. And also, can I marry your son who I haven't been dating for a year? <sighs> and he's and like, who I was only dating for like six months at the time anyway. <laughs> because he, he literally is like, Oh, to win him back, I need to do something bold. And it's like, yeah, like flowers, maybe. I don't know, man. <laughs> what is the show's obsession with teen marriage? Like, I don't know. They want their kids to be, they want these characters to be in high school and they want them to be adults at the same time. You can't have both. I know. You can't have both. They're either high schoolers or they're adults. Stop putting weird adult storylines in. Like One Tree Hill did it best. They had this many seasons of high school. Then they did a time jump and then they had this many seasons of them as adults. Like you can have both. Just stop shoehorning in everything. I don't, I don't understand. Like, it's so stupid. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I, at least Bert is like the voice of reason though. Bert is like, that's ridiculous. I <laughs> love children Bert in this scene. Cause he wasn't even like, he was like, I think a little embarrassed for to be like, I think he wanted to slap him around just like a little bit. Yeah. Or laugh in his face. Like just, he's like, you kidding? Are you nuts? That was yeah. Funny. <laughs> that was funny. Um, and I think maybe he wanted to laugh in his face just, just like a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I did appreciate him talking to Blaine like a dad, but also kind Mm -hmm. of like a friend. Um, and, and he let Blaine say kind of the nonsense of we're soulmates and we're meant to be together because we're 17 and we know absolutely everything there is to know about life at 17. Like, oh, buddy. (laughs) you don't your brain is so squishy right now it's okay (laughs) your brain is so soft so like every emotion you're feeling right now is the most important emotion you've ever felt like you gotta you've gotta dial it back dude you're at an 11 all the time and you really need to rein it in and you don't even know it because you're 17 um and Bert's just like you're too young and you don't know what it means to be married and Blaine is like fully pouting yeah (laughs) I loved it. Um, but I was nice to finally have an adult tell one of these glee kids, like, hey, um, think about things a little bit. Yeah. Before you do Did something. Did you learn nothing from Finn and Rachel? Like, exactly. Yeah. At least someone remembered Finn and Rachel. Yes. Jesus. You could also tell that Blaine was like kind of not listening because you know he's going to do it. <laughs> no, yeah. He was just kind of like, okay, um, once you're really harshing my my vibes here like i know he was like the medallion says that's dumb so we're not going to do that like yeah totally literally his reaction was like okay i will take that under advisement not Mm -hmm. i've already got the ring though so like yeah he's like i kind of already put this in motion so already Um, already booked dalton so (laughs) guess i'm gonna do that you Um, I've got the suits. I already uh, told a lot of people about this, so I really can't take it back. <laughs> yikes. Really thought you were going to say yes. Like, oh, I was boy. really expecting this to go another way. Um, but yeah, 
I think I don't know how many times we've said that Bert is the absolute best character ever. He is. Um, and oh my God, the scene where they find out his cancer is in remission, which like I don't even care that it's magical. I don't even care that it makes no sense. I don't mm-hmm. even care that the storyline was like so short lived and it shouldn't have even been like conceived in the first place. The scene where it's like it's Bert and it's Carol and it's Kurt and the they're freaking out and the doctor is like, Your cancer is gone. You have the prostate of a twenty year old. I loved it. Like Mike O'Malley <laughs> just ate as Bert. Like he just did. just really made all the ridiculousness makes sense somehow mm-hmm. with his wonderful acting and just the part where he's like old people sex with Carol. Yeah. I just loved it. It is the best. <laughs> I love him and I love Bert and you know, it's stupid that he had to go through another stupid medical storyline. Mm-hmm. It pissed me off, but I'll take Mike O'Malley and I'll take Bert Hummel any day. So, well, again, it was like, they had this amazing character and then they didn't know what to do with him all of a sudden. I know. Like, well, you made him a congressman and then nothing? Like, don't do that then. Like, if he's like, I don't know, give him cancer. Like, (laughs) yeah, right. Like, well, why not just make him the head of the PTA or something so we can have more useful activities to to do? Right. Because if he's the head of the PTA, he's still in Lima, he's active, and then. They can have, I mean, is or like the school board or something. Even if they wanted yeah. to be more, right. yeah. Well, he's running for school board because you've got homophobic people trying to ban books. Maybe that's too new of a storyline now, but I'm sure people were banning. But, you know, books bullying. In there was a lot of bullying storylines, yeah. and yeah, and trying to enact harsher punishments or healthier school lunches with Marley. Right? Um, you could have had more impactful storylines rather than. And maybe Michael Malley's filming schedule was so wild with all the other things that he works on that they just couldn't have him. Yeah, that maybe often. So. But if he's on the school board, then you could do the same thing. He just pops up once a season for healthy school lunches or an anti-bullying campaign, and yeah, he's not fucking DC not doing anything, and you don't have to try to kill him every season. I know it would make sense for him to be like in the school, like in the halls or whatever. <sighs> whatever, it's fine. Is it? It's not. But, you know, it's like once we finish Glee, we need to like have an analysis of like (laughs) what were these writers fucking thinking? Because like the medical storylines are like they come back so often. No, they weren't. They were just throwing spaghetti at the wall. That was it. Because like I get annoyed. No, it's very annoying. It is annoying. And now you've got uh, things come and they go so quickly. Like you have Artie who's out here depressed because he got accepted into the Brooklyn Film Academy and he doesn't want to go, but he's not going to tell anybody about it. And he blames it on his mom. Like my mom would never let me go. Yeah. But he hasn't, there's, (sighs) (laughs) it's even hard to articulate. And I just rewatched it. Like he doesn't, he blames his mom. He thinks she's not going to let him go because she's going to be too protective about him not being able to take care of himself because NYC is not wheelchair friendly, which is a valid point. It's not. It's terrible for people with disabilities, right? The subways are garbage. Most of the escalators are broken. There's hardly an elevator in sight. And that counts for people with strollers and bad knees and groceries and people who are just tired. Um, It sucks. But that's not a decision you make because you think someone is going to be mad at you. Yeah. You, and like, well, then why did you apply? 
Well, and his mom immediately is like, what the fuck are you talking about, yeah. too? So it's like... <laughs> and he has guilt because his mom fixed up their whole house when he ended up in the wheelchair so that he could be mobile in the house. Um, because there were stairs, they put in ramps, made... What did you say? The kitchen accessible, bathrooms accessible, all these things. Like his bedroom downstairs. His bedroom downstairs, um, which are all signs of like love and care and attention and affection and things that your parents do for you because they love you. Right. And I think he said that he felt like he was what throwing that away if he moved. And it's like your parents' goal is to get you out of that. Not not their goal, but kind of like. Their goal is kind of to get you to the next step. Whether or not you come right. back to the house is another thing. But I think a lot of parents, their goal is to like see you on to to step two, three, or four. Right. Like if your parents aren't shitty, like that's right. That's their whole thing. They're trying to raise you to be an adult, like a productive yeah. adult. And for him, I guess that's the Brooklyn Film Academy. To make that decision for her by not telling her or anyone about this acceptance is just kind of yeah. like it's it's like manufactured uh tension right. in the show because it, it comes what like 10 minutes into the episode and then ends 30 minutes into it you're like <laughs> and i get that he's afraid to go to new york and that is completely valid but like explore that not my my mom will be mad I don't know. It just, it was like a weird. Well, I wonder if they like wanted another parent because of the Bert thing. So it was like, yeah, they like to do parallels sometimes. I don't really do. see what it is in this episode, but I, I guess I could see where it was like one of them is afraid of losing a parent, another mm-hmm. one, and so is the other one afraid of losing a parent, but it for in a different context, in a different way. I don't know. I um, mean, like you can absolutely explore losing your support system when you move right. to college, but they didn't. Not really. They spent what right. it was two and a half minutes of screen time on this. Literally. And it it seemed more I mean, it was like a physical support more than emotional support, which is fine, but it was just kind of yeah. like But it's kind of both too, right? Like it really yeah. should be that right. there's physical support, accessibility support, and also the emotional support that right. she's done a lot for him in ways that maybe other parents haven't or haven't had to. And now he's going to be losing that. We don't know anything about his plans. We don't know anything about where he's going to live. Yeah. That's a lot to take on. But the show doesn't explore that. It's just like, oh, I'm I'm worried. And now we're going to have a 30-second conversation. I'm not worried anymore. Right. What? Well, it was interesting <laughs> to me, too, because I'm like, okay, so you applied. Well, I mean, I guess it's a prestigious school or whatever. So I guess he, he didn't really think he would get in. But it, what was his backup going to be? Like, it's not like he was like, it's fine. I'll just go to Lima university Mm -hmm. or whatever like he didn't say anything about that he was just like i'm depressed because i got in yeah yeah just you're just gonna stay in lima forever just gonna play video games in your mom's house don't do that yeah i mean you can do it for like a day that's cool i mean i appreciate already getting a storyline i didn't appreciate that kitty like just orchestrated the whole thing right i didn't understand that away yeah have Artie and kitty been together before this no they're going to get together later. Yeah. I think. Okay. I guess that's why. It's like the beginning mm-hmm. of them like being a thing. Okay. Whatever, Glee. I know. <laughs> that's, that's a lot of the like. All righty. Whatever. <laughs> whatever you say. Just do you, I guess. 
Well, that was like 95% of the episode. I'm looking at my notes and like, Kurt sings You Are the Sunshine of My Life for Bert. It was cute. We got a second Kurt singing, second or third Kurt singing to Bert. I don't know, actually. I should know this off the top of my head, but I don't. Because they, they do, um, uh, oh, 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 uh, oh, single ladies. Single ladies. Yeah. So this is the second one. Um, because this is, uh, he used, Bert used to sing this to Kurt in the car. Um, I did love Blaine slash Darren's background acting during this. Yes, it was very cute. And, and also Jana. loved that it was like in Chris's deeper range. Mm-hmm. I love when they give him songs in that range. I wish it was more of a banger, you know, mm-hmm. dragged a little bit, a little bit more of a ballad. Um, yeah. But, you know, Chris did his best. He's a good singer. He's a great singer. I just meant the, like singer. the dancing part, like kind of oh. like what do you do when you sing a ballad? You know, you, you just you did the like best. Jam around. You just kind of like sway. A yeah, he bit. just kind of swaying. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> There's not a lot of choreography. Little hip, little shoulder shimmies. He had his swans in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Swans. But yeah, I always love a Kurt solo. It's not my favorite Kurt solo, but it was sweet. It was sweet. Yeah. Can't can't hate. And then there's um, I Wish with Jake Puckerman and Mike, which was like, okay, dance moves. Yes. Yes. That This was one that was like, all right, let's just watch them dance. Really good. And actually, the vocals weren't bad either. I was like, okay, yeah. come through. Yeah. Someone's been practicing. I know. And, it, you know, Jake is the the successor of Mike for real. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, the star dancer of the group. So I loved that they did their number together and honestly mike and mercedes were correct um that um jake is like the next star of the glee club like he really is he should be yeah totally will he be i don't know but like he's got the moves he's got the moves and the he's a good singer like he should be featured more freaking glee talking to itself (laughs) not be white enough i mean you're not wrong you're not wrong um, well, Mercedes, Mercedes has her little storyline about um, her pro- her album producer um, pressuring her to show more skin on the album cover. Right. And so since she won't, her album is taken off the release schedule until she has a different photo shoot or they're going to use someone else's photo. So she cancels her record deal to self distribute, well, apparently to self-distribute her album since i guess it's already been fully produced um so then she sings higher ground to do that i'm not sure how if if they know how albums work yeah because i was like is that that's not realistic no because like if she recorded the album with a studio i don't know that they would just give her printed copies of the record to hand out <laughs> Right. So it's like, did she did she burn those CDs herself? And if so, how'd she get the song? I don't Yeah. Did she, how did she get the masters? Because that's the whole Taylor Swift problem is like the yeah. masters don't belong to you. Yeah. So I, I think kind of like colleges, maybe Rand Murphy doesn't know how record labels work. But as usual, something you could have Googled. Yeah. So so she's going to self-distribute a studio album somehow from her car, uh, but she sings Higher Ground, which, of course, sounds um, lovely. 
No, yeah. I mean, the song was amazing. And, you know, I, I do appreciate um, if there had to be a storyline where Mercedes didn't get everything she deserved, at least it's an empowering one where she is like, yeah. you know, taking control. And yeah, the the logistics, the realisticness of, you know, it all didn't make sense. But I do think that it's it's true that like her look, I think that is a big thing in like the music industry and probably totally. just entertainment in general that they haven't really touched on as much as like your image is probably more important than anything. And mm -hmm. there are people who control it and stipulate what you can and can't do and can and can't wear, especially when you're first starting out. Like, and that's, that's tough. You know, I kind of wish it had been not Mercedes who already has so many intricate pressures and mm -hmm. biases and stuff against her, um, being like a plus size black woman. Mm -hmm. I felt like it was kind of like a cheap shot to, to do a storyline like that with her. Um, but right. it, it is realistic that it's like, yeah, she has the voice, but they're also looking for a certain look. And that may mean that like, you don't get the big break at first because they think yeah. you need to be like everybody else. So now it's interesting to look back and see that now, because now with like TikTok making so many vocal artists, it's like people really are liking these artists for who they are as a person. Like they're seeing mm -hmm. that what they really look like a very raw version of them. And then, and then they're making, you know, uh, number one hits and stuff based on like songs that first release on TikTok, And so, um, it's just interesting to see a more traditional model of like you make a demo and you get to make an album and then they're going to like do this whole launch of like who you are with this album. Like it really happens kind of the opposite way now. Yeah. Although I think uh, your appearance in the end is still paramount for a lot of yeah. things. For sure. Like, um, I, maybe if this had, like with so many other things, if this had been a longer storyline of, of Mercedes' music and her appearance and it being an issue for record labels and, and then it, and then her coming out on top somehow for it being like a, right. an uplifting storyline and it not just kind of ending, starting in an episode and ending in an episode. Cause I know, I, I mean, obviously we've complained about many things before, but <laughs> we have complained about some storylines carrying on too long. Mm -hmm. Um, but this, like with other things, this is a case of, okay, this is like a big deal, right? Where, someone's appearance is costing them a job right because because of discrimination An album like huge yeah a huge album she's so talented and has been an underserved vocalist in the glee club because of her appearance the whole show right right and it's not really talked about like rachel berry gets ahead because she's the skinny girl yep and we kind of know this and that the show doesn't really talk about it um, but we know this and it could have been maybe a really interesting final chance for, okay, Mercedes has an album deal and I think it sounds like she's written her own songs, um, talking about her life. Uh, although I mean, she's like 17, like what, what life, but, uh, <laughs> like, what Hey, if Taylor Swift could do it. Yeah. But like the debut album, mm, 
no exactly you know you know for mercedes here she's had this incredible opportunity written her own music actually gotten a record deal which in and of itself without like you were saying without social media behind her Mm -hmm. how did she even make that work in the first place literally Um, don't know but her talent i guess just pure talent which we the viewers and also i guess the rest of the glee club know is incredible um to have it fall apart because she doesn't look exactly like what the label wants her to look like right could be super awesome to have that be a longer storyline but i think it is a little bit longer i think there's a little bit more about her career in season mm-hmm. five but i don't think I it's just, as nuanced as it kind of introduced it here no. you know i yeah. think you know i think i think that's the episode well we end on two things we end oh, on blaine faking the audience out that he's going to ask kurt to marry him and instead asks um kurt to stick around for regionals and kurt is like absolutely courage blaine so and he's like a wonderful wonderful week with you in a wonderful life that's okay when i texted you like got the dialogue um, dialogue is so (laughs) shit that's the line i was talking about i was like no one no one would say that we should have kept a count on how many fucking times they said wonderful in this episode it's too many if if we were drinking while doing this it would have been like ding 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 we've been (laughs) schlackered and shit-faced shit-faced um but that that was the one i was like i can't some of the dialogue is i know terrible with you because it's not even grammatic with you comma a wonderful life with you i wrote down with you in it a wonderful life because because Kurt's like, what a wonderful, wonderful week. And then Blaine's like, with you in it, a wonderful life. But I don't is know that if that's what he, what he actually said, said, though. I think he just says, with you, a wonderful, life. A wonderful life. I don't know. Who wrote that? That's trash. <laughs> Darren was doing his best, though. He had the puppy dog eyes on. He was he, selling it. He was selling it. Selling it. Because he was with his favorite person. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, and then the what? final song. I know, what? Who said, mm, who said couldn't that? Couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. Uh, and the final song is a delightful group number with Artie in the lead doing For Once in My Life. Whoa, someone warm like you would make my dreams come true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For once in my life, I won't let sorrow hurt me. Not like it's hurt me before. Yes, with the Britney Spears like mic um, headset, I mm-hmm. loved it. The fun like orange and yellow, and uh, the choreo was cute, and I I thought it was great. It was fun. It was very fun. It was good times. Love a group no number. Complaints. Already deserves that lead. It was cute. He does. Uh, and um, <laughs> I did make a note that Kurt and Blaine are in the background sharing a microphone. Yes. And they did a lot like Blaine was singing on stage and he sang something lovey and then they cut to Kurt, mm-hmm. whatever the line was. Like, I was like, damn, they were really the Finn and Rachel. Like they, mm-hmm. they didn't have an A couple. So they were like, let's just put in as much stuff as possible to remind people that we didn't forget that we are going to get them back together. Just hang in there just a little bit longer. 
that's why we keep watching this godforsaken show. I know. We did because the crumbs, they were breadcrumbing us and they were doing yeah. a great job of it. They were they really breadcrumbed hard this this um episode cuz lest we not forget Blaine saying, "You look cute." I mean, dirty cute. That is an actual line from this episode. Yeah. What's that even fucking mean? Dirty cute. Dirty. AKA sexy. Why not just say like, I think you, you look cute today. And by cute, I mean sexy. That would make sense. Why would you yeah. say dirty cute? Dirty cute. Because I, the writers are garbage. I feel like Glee Unless was trying a writer to be... wants to come on this podcast, then you're amazing and we want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Glee was trying to pull like a, you know, like some shows will create um phrases and stuff that like get into the vernacular and like become a thing like mm-hmm. it's perfect like said a bunch of ridiculous things like the excuse me that like people yeah. just started saying because it was funny and weird and i felt like they were trying to do that every episode saying stuff like dirty cute like nobody's gonna start saying dirty cute like it's Nobody. not the same tone as like a really good comedy with like funny things that like you want to repeat like it's just like what nobody talks like that mm-hmm. <laughs> like nobody says excuse me either Either, but like you no. get that it's like part of the 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 universe that you're in, and it's like in Glee, it takes me out of it every time. I'm like, who's yeah. this dirty cute? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I just rewatched Pitch Perfect last night. Great movie, still still holds up. I still holds up. Amazing movie. No complaints. No complaints. I was like, I told my wife, I was like, this movie's a nine point five out of ten. She's like, what would make it a ten? I'm like. Becca and um, what's her face should have ended up together and I'll die on that hill. Correct. You're right. They teased us and they were too cowardly to do it. Yeah. You're right. It would be a 10. Anyways. Pitch perfect on the rocks. (laughs) I love that movie. I would love Uh, to do a podcast about pitch perfect one, two, and three. I mean, we have a platform. So we do. We have a platform. (laughs) That's what we're here for. Uh, okay, well, I guess that's the episode. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's everything that happened. <laughs> kind so, of a filler before the literal season finale, but, you know, whatever. But should it be? Like, shouldn't more shit happen to be like, hey, I, we had to fill 22 episodes, um, and I, we just had to pad some ground before we got there. I just feel like this is the this would be the time to like set up all the storylines that the next episode's gonna continue. But this was the problem because they didn't really yeah. finish this season. It's like I forgot to mention, but like Kurt has the men of McKinley calendar, first of all. Did you see that? The first oh, scene. Yeah. He, I was like, he ah, I died. And, and that calendar shows that it is the middle of middle April. of April. Exactly. And then the next season is going to draw out the rest of the school year for like 12 or 13, ep- no, maybe 10 episodes, 10 episodes for the rest of the school year. And in Ohio, they can't end later than like mid-June, right? That has to be like the latest that they would end school. I would think so. Like in, in Alabama, we ended like end of May. So I don't even know. But like end of June would be the absolute latest. And so you're talking the re- 10 episodes are going to take place over like six weeks. No, wait, that math is wrong. 10 weeks. <laughs> I guess it could, I guess, I guess. There's a lot to think about in the world of Glee that they don't think about at all. No, they're just all existing in isolation from the rest of the world. Like where is Niata? Is it in Brooklyn? Is it in Manhattan? I don't know, honestly. If they're out in Bushwick and they have to get to like, east side of manhattan or the west side of manhattan how like what's their commute 
they're up every day at like 3.30 in the morning. Right? Dude, if, she, I would, if Rachel Berry had to get to a 6 a.m. midterm. I, literally. She just had to sleep there. She wouldn't have made it. Like, how, what... <laughs> But we and do the end need of the episode. <laughs> but we do need to talk about positive things, our favorites. Oh yeah, what not? That thing that you liked. That thing that I liked. Remember that was based on a podcast that Darren Chris did that he doesn't do anymore. Remember that when he and like <laughs> one of the Heim sisters like did a podcast. Yeah. That was weird. That was weird. We did tweet him. No, Twitter's dead. Never mind. <laughs> we can't even dead. be like, hey, remember your podcast? There's no way to contact him. <laughs> Carrier pigeon. Carrier pigeon, smoke signal. Oh man. Okay, that thing I liked is um, Michael Malley, Bert Hummel, still the number one dad ever. And um, you know, he's one thing Glee can't fuck up, and I love that. You are so right. Never once does Bert hurt anyone. That's right. He never goes wrong, and he always acts the hell out of his stupid dialogue. Love him in Teen Wolf. Which, yeah. uh, uh, spoilers, um, the difference between some of the teenage, the younger actors yep. and the adult kind yep. of, um, seasoned actors in scenes. Sometimes you're like, damn, <laughs> you are really schooling some of these younger actors. And yeah. I hope that they appreciated the, uh, the masterclass that you're giving them. Literally. Yeah. I think that's gotta be, I, I hope that the younger actors really like took in the the chance to work with older actors in shows like that where there's such a an age difference between like Bert and Kurt you're really getting like a lot of experience working with older actors yeah definitely so I think that's cool um what's that thing you like Emily I still love Cassandra July yes I mean I know we talked about how she could have been a little different and done something else but I love her character. Um, I like the music that she brought to the show. Uh, I think she was a delight. I like a villain. Yep. You know? And and not a villain that's just, like, there to be... Cr- I mean, she is cruel, but for a purpose. Yeah. Um, but I thought she was good at it. Um, and I thought... Uh, I thought it worked for the show. I just thought they could have, you know taking it just one little little bit farther but i thought kate hudson did a fantastic job and i'm glad that she was there totally she's always been one of my favorite side characters and like rewatching it has been fun and i will miss her i will miss her and i'm assuming she's at the weddings just in the background and we don't see her that's right she's right off camera just like ricky martin just off screen. She still works at Niata, so she's just off camera. Obviously. Yes. <laughs> Teaching the next generation. That's right. Um do we do we still do our yeah, we should still do our like yeah, our, fav- our um favorite song, favorite, favorite, favorite line, song? and um the indexes, indices. Well, this is a good episode to talk about um the Kevin McScale, because he actually got a storyline. So he did. He sure did. Does he get the five? I think it's got to be five. Because, you know, he got a storyline. He got song songs. Yeah. He gets the five. He gets a five. Five out of five. Kevin's. We've missed you five on the mixed scale. It's been a while. Has it ever, has it happened? I don't remember. I don't remember. Probably in the first season. Yeah. Do we we have a scale in the first season? (laughs) 
I think I did. I remember listening to those episodes. I think it got developed because there was so much arty. And it was like, damn, actually we – because that was the time where like Kevin McHale was being like an unproblematic king and some other people were not. And it was like, damn, we should have stand – um, Kevin McHale instead of some other Glee actors, and right. and then it was like, oh, we'll appreciate. Um, we appreciate Artie more. Like rewatching, he mm-hmm. was he was problematic. He did not not have his problems, but yes, he's so talented, Kevin McHale. So he really is. Congrats, Kevin McScale. You've you've re-reached the five. That's right. We'll uh, have to well, how's, let him know. I was going to say tweet him. God damn it. <laughs> we'll have to tell him. Uh, yeah. How's our Kleindex? Kleindex. Mm, it's giving like a seven or an eight. I was, yeah, I was feeling seven, 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 five. Yeah. Okay. Because like, they didn't have a song, but they did have a storyline and it was, you know, it moved their relationship forward. Well, my man is trying to propose. I know. Like there's a lot going on. So seven, seven, five, five. Yeah. I, I agree with so. that. It was all positive. It was. Well, a positive and silly because, like, my dude. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? He's so bro? just, like, naive. He's so naive. Sweet, sweet summer child. And then we did this backwards, but we forgot our favorite song and favorite line. I know. Uh, uh, my favorite song is Uptight, Everything is Alright, because yeah. Cassandra July. I think my favorite was Sign Still Delivered. Maybe a controversial mm-hmm. choice, but I just felt like it was really fun. And I appreciate Kitty's singing voice. Like, it just made me be like, oh, yeah, she can sing really well. It was good. It's a good song. And it was good. So. I will not. Uh, I won't fight you on that one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have a favorite line? Um, do, do, do. Where did it go? Oh, my favorite line was when Tina was getting really mad about Mike and Mercedes being there. She was like, oh, yeah, we need a vocal coach and we need a dancing coach. Oh, hashtag Glee hates girls. Why are you here, Kurt? And then he goes, my dad has cancer. Thanks, Tina. (laughs) (laughs) That was great. That was really good. I loved that. I, hmm. So, okay. I, it's tempting to say, by the way, you look cute today. And I mean, like, dirty cute. Yeah. But also, Bert saying, having old people sex with Carol. <laughs> because it's so funny. It's so true to Bert. And he delivers it. So he delivers well. it. Amazing. Like, that could be such a stupid line. And he delivers it in a way where you, like, want to cry. Like, <laughs> he's an amazing Oh, can yeah. I honorable mention to Mike saying move so hot you'll want to say hell to the yes because yeah. Mike was actually really funny this episode and it just good. he he gets like overlooked and uh, I loved it. And he knew about the vapo rape. I was like, oh my God. Which <laughs> means people like talked about it. But, uh, Kurt did pretty loudly confront Tina at the wedding. So I think everybody was listening. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah, shout out to Mike Chang. Always in my heart. Uh, okay. Well, I guess that's the episode. All right. Thanks, everybody. Woo-woo. Well, the next episode is the finale 
of season four of Glee. Yeah. So we'll do the finale oh, and then, yeah, we'll talk a little bit about what's to come and indices and what we want to keep. And I yep. guess we have to rename that thing I like. We're just like. <laughs> no, I like it. I like that thing I like. <laughs> okay. It's just like. It's just defunct. It's like but I no like longer it. a reference. It's just. It's, it's no our longer own a reference thing now. Anything. Yeah. But I like it. <laughs> Darren can't take that from us. He can't. He's taken too much. <laughs> Has he? Probably not. My sanity. <laughs> oh, my sanity. You're so right. All right. Well, thank you for listening. You can catch us online at Fandom on the Rocks. Uh, and if you want to support this little podcast of ours, you can do that at um, patreon.com slash Fandom on the Rocks. And we will catch you for the next episode next time. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Glee on the Rocks, a podcast by OTR Productions. A huge thank you to our sound editor, Adriana, and our podcasts who secretly run the show. For more episodes, download us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Podchaser, and more at Glee on the Rocks. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can subscribe to our Patreon account at patreon.com slash Glee on the Rocks. Subscribers get ad-free episodes, exclusive mini-episodes deep diving into the fandom, salty opinions, and so much more. So until next time, that's what you miss on Glee.